What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Sheep Kishir Podcast, where here we talk about people, politics, and popular culture. I'm your host, the one and only, Austin Creed. Ladies and gentlemen, you've heard me talk about, if you've listened to the show before, you've heard me talk about marriage before. And trust me, I have, uh, my, I've, I've said my fair share, we'll continue to do it. But today I want to focus mainly on Christian marriage. Because being someone who is Christian... This topic hits very close to home for me and for a lot of people that I know. And there seems to be this misnotion that in the in the church today that all oh, we're we're in the world but not of it. So therefore the world statistics don't apply to us. Some people talk about that fifty percent divorce rate. They're not talking about me. They're not talking about my marriage. They're not talking about my girlfriend, Austin. She wouldn't do that. My future wife wouldn't do that. My wife wouldn't do that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I bring the case today against Christian marriage. Not that not to say that Christians should not be married, but to let you hear the other side of the argument. Let's picture we're in a courtroom, and I will bring my case forward to let you know that it's not everything you think it's ever been, that it's not everything you were told. And a lot of times they're leading you straight like an animal to the slaughter. Because make no mistake about it, Marriage laws, whether it be your state, whether it be federal and or anything else, oh, they still apply to you. And so just because it's happening to someone who's secular doesn't mean it's not going to happen to you. And I'm going to be going into very excruciating detail on this, bringing up the Bible verses, bringing up all, all, I'm going to lay it all out here in my court case today. So if you are a practicing lapsed, curious Christian maybe you're just an atheist who likes to laugh at at the religious people you will be if you're not feeling convicted by the end of this if you're not you're I guarantee you as I lay out this case you're gonna push back you're gonna say no doesn't apply to me doesn't apply to my parents doesn't apply to my grandparents blah 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 blah. no anecdotal evidence here today I don't want to hear it because it's very disingenuous and I don't, I don't, it holds no weight with me. We're talking about hard data. We're talking about what the Bible calls. We're calling, we're laying it all out here. I don't want to hear anecdotal evidence. I don't want to hear an abuse excuse. I don't want to hear any of this. I don't want to hear any garbage. We're dealing with facts today. And if you can't handle it, you're free to leave. But for those of you who want to learn something, who want to hear the other side of the argument, you want to hear the prosecution rest at the end of the show today. Stick around. You might learn something. You want to debate me on the subject? You want to bring up your own uh, so-called facts and evidence? Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Austin Creed. Or go to YouTube or Rumble and hit up the comment section of this video. We can discuss it. Because I know this is going to rub a lot of y'all the wrong way. You're going to feel very upset. You're not going to like how what I'm going to tell you makes you feel. Which is a perfect example of how the culture has infiltrated the church. How the secular ideas, the secular notions have deeply rooted themselves within the modern American church. And this in particular, in a way that you probably haven't seen with your eyes, because that's how subtle it is. But enough of this. We're going to hop right in to the meat and potatoes of this. First, 
here's what we're gonna start off doing first. We're gonna we're gonna graze we're gonna graze over First Corinthians chapter seven. And I'm gonna read some of this to you. And like I said, someone's gonna someone's gonna rub you the wrong way. Because it doesn't fit with feminism. It doesn't fit with the modern idea of a culture. It doesn't sound very politically correct. And so if you are very sensitive, I'll give you a disclaimer. The Bible is the most offensive book in existence. And so if you're offended by any of this, good. Because you're about to learn something. And you're about to have your beliefs challenged. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, written by Paul or Saul of Tarsus. And again, he's talking mainly about marriage in this chapter. I'm not going to read the entire chapter to you. You can read the entire chapter if you want. But I'm going to get down to certain passages that I think really drive his points home. We're going to start at verse 8. This is Paul say, speaking. I say therefore to the unmarried and widows, it is good for them if they abide even as I, which he was a single guy, never got married. But if they cannot contain, let them marry for it is better to marry than to burn. What does he mean by burn? He means burn in hell. He means burn with passion. But it's this idea of marry. Marriage of the ancient Israelites, the ancient Jews, is not the marriage of today. It's not. Because it used to be between man, woman, and God. Now it's between anyone who wants to be identified as anything they want, number one. And number two, there's... You, your, you, your, your spouse, your wife, your, um, God, and then the, the government. The government is disgusting when it comes to marriages. Here's what it says. Y'all ready for this? I know you're going to hate this, but we're going to see how it goes. He says, un, he says, and unto the married, I command, yet not I, but the Lord, let not the wife depart from her husband. But, and if she departs, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband and let not the husband put away his wife. Now, keep in mind that 70, over 70% of marriages that end in divorce are initiated by women. If that hurts your feelings, I don't care. That's just a statistical reality. Look it up for yourself if you don't believe me. But I've already brought it up on different, on shows in the past. So I'm not going to do it again. If you want to go look it up and try to dis discredit what I just said, make my day. Go ahead. He says, verse 12, But to the rest speak I, not the Lord. If any brother hath... It says, If any brother hath, hath a wife that believeth not, and she be pleased to dwell with him, let not him put her away. I'm going to keep going here. I'm going to... He's talking about whether it's being unequally yoked or not. If, if you ever heard of that concept, it's very important. But that's not the main topic today. I don't want to get us too off track here because I could... It's hard to really understand a lot of the Bible if you're not really familiar with it. And it's really easy for you to just turn off and miss the point. So I'm going to be really precise. If you want to read the full context, go right ahead. It's I'm not taking anything out of context here. It says, number, uh, verse 17, again, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 17. But as God hath 
distributed to every man as the Lord hath called everyone. Let, so let him walk as is ordained I in all churches. Is a man called... Oh, because it gets into circumcision. I'm not going to discuss circumcision here on the show today. It says, Now concerning virgins, I have no commandment of the Lord, yet I give you my judgment as one that hath ordained... Now, obtained mercy of the Lord to be faithful. I suppose, therefore, that this is good for the present distress. I say that it is good for a man to be so. He's talking about virginity. Art thou bound unto a wife? Seek not to be loosed. In other words, people need to be, people need to be, remain pure. And if a virgin marry, she hath not sinned. Keyword marriage, again. Therefore, nonetheless, such shall have trouble in the flesh, but I spare you. But I say this, brethren, the time is short. It remaineth that both they have wives, be as though they have none. What is he saying? You might be asking, what, what is this all about? He's pushing marriage to people who cannot follow in his own footsteps. Because for those of you who don't know anything about Paul, he never was married. He was a bachelor, which is, I use a lot of Paul's letters, which he has lots of them in the New Testament of the Christian Bible. He is the pioneer of the original biblical bachelor lifestyle. But there are other key elements in here that I really want you to look at this. The wife is bound, like this is verse 39. The wife is bound by law as long as her husband liveth. But if her husband is dead, she is at liberty to be remarried to whom she will, only in the Lord. But she is happier if she is abide after my judgment. And I think also that I have the spirit of the Lord. Okay, that's interesting. What does that, what does that mean? The wife is bound by the law as long as her husband liveth. That means that if you remarry, if you divorce someone outside of the sexual immorality in other words if you're outside of your spouse cheating if you divorce them and you get remarried you're committing adultery and you're forcing the other person to commit adultery as well because marriage is not something that can be just put a put aside by a piece of paper it is a soul tie that is only separated at the one person's as one person is laid to rest that's right. You heard me correctly. That's how that works. But of course, that's not the attitude of the modern church really, is it? It's, oh, as soon as I don't feel happy, I can just leave. They're not fulfilling my needs. I'm going to just go. You ever see that in today? I see it. We're going to go, here's an, I'm going to bring up a couple more. Uh, get the advert out of here. I present you Mark 10, 2 through 12. Some Pharisees, the wise men of Jewish, um, of ancient, um, of ancient Israel, came and tested him, him being Jesus, by asking, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? He, re he replied, what did Moses command you? They said, Moses permitted a man to write a, a certificate of divorce and send her away. Verse 5. 
It was because your hearts were hard that Moses wrote this law to you, Jesus replied. Verse 6, But at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be, and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. But so are they no longer two, but they are one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. This is Jesus speaking. Verse 10, when they, when they were in the house again, the disciples asked Jesus about this. He said, anyone who divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another man, she commits adultery. That was Jesus speaking. My friends, I don't, I don't bring you these verses to say that you should not be married as a Christian. I am prefacing this for what I'm about to present, the next piece of evidence I'm about to present to you. And it will shock you and it will make you feel uncomfortable. But here we go. I present you with divorce statistics and religion. Since religion and marriage are often intertwined, it's natural that there might be some connection between religion and divorce. Where are the numbers for you? Religions and denominations on one column. In the other column, it says American divorce rates amongst these groups. Y'all ready for this? Y'all ready for this? Oh, I know. I know. I'm curious. For those of you who are listening on audio, what do you think the... What do you think the answers are? Well, I'm going to provide them for you. Catholics, 19%. Protestants, 51%. Mormons, 9%. Jehovah Witnesses, 9%. Orthodox Christians, 9%. Born again, in other words, those who find religion really later on in life, 33%. Muslims, 8%. Jews, 9%. Hinduism, 5%. Buddhism, 10%. Sinks, 6%. Pagans, 1%. Atheists, 2%. Protestant Christians, 51% divorce rate. Does that make you uncomfortable? Good. It should. And if you think that's the only one, you're mistaken. Here's another one. Divorce amongst adults who have been married. Now, admittedly, this one I looked up here. I'll, I'll scroll down for you. Here's where the research was connect was collected from. It says this report was based upon telephone interviews. So you got to take it with a grain of salt. Conducted by the Barna Group with a random sample of 5,017 adults selected from across the continental United States, ages 18 and older, for an entire year from two thousand from January 2007 to January 2008. The maximum margin of error is about 1.6%, give or take. Now, that's not how I would do a study, but here are their results. They said the average was 33% across the board, but here are the individual statistics. They say evangelical Christians, 26%. Non-evangelical born-again Christians, 33%. Notional Christians, I don't know what that is, to be honest. 
associated with non-Christian faith, in other words, like Mormons and stuff like that would be my guess, 38%. Atheists or agnostics, 30%. Born-again Christians, 32%. All born-again, all non-born-again Christians, 33%. Protestants, 34 Catholics, 28%. And then they get down to demographics here. They say, of Caucasian Christians, 32%. African Americans, 36%. And then they say, Hispanic Christians, 31%. Conservatives, 20, 28 Moderates, 33 And then, of course, liberals being the progressives they are, 37% with the highest Besides the, yep. Well, what do you have to say about that? Think I'm making it up? Do you think it doesn't matter? Well, I do. My friends, here's what it comes down to. If, if you cannot stay married for the rest of your... Marriage is a sacred institution. If you cannot stay married, you shouldn't be married. I don't think divorce... I think divorce is destroying this country. And I think divorce is destroying the church. Because divorce should only happen in the most extraneous of circumstances. Adultery is at an all-time high. Cheating, all-time high. Back in the day, people were killed for that. They were stoned to death for that. Now, I'm, I do not think we should be doing that now. I think that's a very barbaric practice. But what I will tell you is this. When you look at the rates of adultery today, you suddenly realize why in Leviticus, in Deuteronomy, they had these laws for, for stoning certain individuals who were caught being uh, loose in the, in, the, in the streets, if you catch my drift. Because it destroys society. It degenerates society because society is built upon the family. So when you debase and destroy the family structure, you put the entire society by extension in danger. Think I'm making it up? I wish I was, but I'm not. Christian marriage is falling apart with more and more people being divorced who are, who are supposed to be Christians who clearly haven't even read the old, they haven't read the Torah and they haven't read the books, the letters of Paul. Because it's about them. It's about them. It's about their feelings. It's not about the commitment they made. If you can't make that commitment, don't get married. That goes across the board. Don't do it. Because it destroys your life, destroys your kids' lives, it destroys everybody's life. There's a lot of selfishness going on in this country. And if you're selfish, that's a pride issue. That's why I preach against marriage because most people can't handle it. Most people, they want to love. They don't want marriage. They want this, this Shakespearean idea of love. They don't want marriage. They want a wedding, not a marriage. They want a relationship, not a marriage. They want the social status, the social acceptance that comes with marriage. They don't want the actual hard work. They don't want the sacrifice. They don't want the actual difficulties of they want only the good in a marriage. And, you know, I got to put some blame at Walt Disney's door, too, because he was the one that really helped romanticize this relationship between man and woman, at like an all, at like an always 
always happening level, but it's not the case. And when you look at the marriage laws, the woman is incentivized to divorce the man because she gets half of the assets and then can play the victim and go back out there and get married again and do it all over again. And everybody will take their side because in society today, women are seen as more virtuous than our men. Now, I'm not saying every woman will do that. I'm saying they have the ability to do that. And we see it happening. You look on TikTok, you look on Instagram, you look on Twitter. People out themselves were actively doing what I just described and, and taking it's celebrating it. You don't believe me? Look it up. It's very real. I don't make these accusations lightly. I'm an observer. I am a cultural observer and commentator. I don't make this stuff up. So you may ask me, well, Austin, what is the solution? If you're so smart and you're so wise, well, what's the solution? Well, I gave you the solution. You weren't listening. The solution is either A, go your, go your own way, become a biblical bachelor and live your life as an independent free man. Or you roll the dice. That's really the only two options you have. And if you are afraid to be alone... You're already losing, my friends. You're already losing. Being alone is not a curse. It is a blessing. Because you can do whatever you want, whenever you want. And you are more, you're more able to take risks. Because then you, people are not dependent upon you. I, in fact, in my forthcoming book, The Biblical Bachelor, I go into extensive detail about what it means to be a biblical bachelor because this notion of of adultery and all this adultery is associated with lust so if you're for out here in these streets fornicating you're doing the same thing but let me tell you something it's in in my opinion it's just my opinion it is better to be out in these streets fornicating than it is to be in a divorce court getting divorce graped it's better to go your own way and try to live the best life as holy as you can by yourself and have everything be outsourced than it is to be married and be miserable in your marriage. Because we were just talking about marriage rates and divorce rates. We didn't even take into account whether the person's happy. We didn't take into account whether they actually still have marital relations. We didn't take into account the fact that maybe one person doesn't respect the other. We didn't take into account the uh, potential um, domestic violation going on. We didn't talk about any of that going on, did we? No. Because that's a whole nother, whole nother issue. We're just talking about those who actually get divorced, much less those who stay married for all the wrong reasons and their marriage sucks. But of course they can't say that. Because make no mistake about it, when a man gets married, he loses all the power in the relationship. All of it in modern day marriage. All of it. And if you think I'm lying, look up the divorce laws in your state. Look up the divorce court cases that have gone down the pipe. Look at what your wife stands to gain if she divorces you. Look at what happens on social media when someone announces their divorce. Look at all those things and then get back to me on whether I made it up. Because then you'll see the reality for what it is. Ugly, as it's always been. 
if you want to be Christian and you want to be married, you got to follow the textbook or don't get married. Because otherwise you're setting yourself up for failure and everybody around you to participate in this charade, this farce, this lie. That's just the way it is. My friends, I, my friends, I rest my case. I could go into way more detail. This whole show could be an hour. I'm at almost 25 minutes of the show today. And I could keep going for the next hour. Talking about more Bible verses. More instances to back up everything I've said. What do you think? Do you want me to, you want me to go more in detail? you want me to keep going? Maybe I'll do a part two to, to expand upon my case against modern American Christian marriage. Let me know. What do you think? What do you want to hear? Did I offend you too much? Were you hung up the show already? Or I know you were probably tempted. So you didn't like what you didn't like the way what I was saying made you feel. I get it. You didn't like it. I guarantee you, you learned something. I guarantee you, something I said rubbed you the wrong way and it perked your ears up. Because talking about sex will do that. Talking about marriage will do that. Because make no mistake about it. We as men, no one cares about us. So you got to look out for yourself. You think the church cares about men? We get the leftovers. It's about the women and the children. Women and children first. Think that only applies to emergencies? You're wrong. It applies to society in general. You're expendable. And everybody treats you like that. Even your wife and your kids. What are you going to do? Probably nothing, right? Probably going to write me off. You know, you're going to tell your wife about what you heard on the show today. And she's going to be like, oh, don't you worry, honey. I never do that to you. He just bitter and hurt. You know, nobody's talking about. Get back to me in five, ten years. Average marriage lasts about nine years. No, actually, no. I'll give him that. That's generous. It's seven. Average marriage lasts seven years. Let me know. Your marriage is going to last that long. And if you've been married for less than that, don't talk to me about how your marriage different. My marriage different, Austin. Yeah. You know what you're talking about. My wife, great. My marriage, great. Uh, if you're not past a uh, seven-year mark, don't talk to me. Don't. I don't want to hear it. You in? You in fairyland? You get back to me in seven years. Get back to me in ten years. Let me know how your marriage is then. Then we could talk. But until next time, my friends, let me know what you had to say. If anything I said offended you, good. You learned something. But if you want to debate this with me, go ahead. Make my day. Find me on Twitter at Austin Creed or find me in the comment section of the video if you're watching on YouTube or if you're watching on Rumble. Till next time, my friends, God bless you. God bless your family and God bless the United States of America, by the way, which is tomorrow is America's birthday, July 4th. Look out for the great show I'm doing tomorrow to thank the veterans, such those combat vets in particular, because uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm a veteran. I want to do a veteran show tomorrow, do a little bit of American history. I think you'll enjoy it. Anyways, my friends. Hope you learned something today. Think about it. Get back to me. Peace.